My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Britt here today and I have a very exciting guest coming on, you guys. The guest I'm bringing on today, Scott Carson. He's the president and CEO of We Close Notes. He's also the host of three different shows, the Note Closer Show, Note Night in America, and Note Camp Podcast with over a thousand plus episodes and over 1 million downloads. So super exciting. You guys, you know, I keep my introductions short and brief so that I can go ahead and allow the guests to fill in the gaps and tell us about their journey and what brought them to where they are today. So welcome to the show, Scott. Thanks so much for taking the time of your day. I'm so excited to have you here. Brittany, honored to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Just I'm here to give and be a resource for your listeners and your audience. Amazing. So Scott, with that, all that being said, let's let's take it back a few steps and talk about your journey. What led you to where you are today? So I've been an entrepreneur for over, really over, golly, since I graduated college in, in 2001, in a lot of cases. You know, I've worked for corporations, but in, uh, you know, with some banking and stuff like that, 2000, golly, going back to 2004, left banking, which I was really great at, and uh, started a mortgage company with a buddy of mine, a couple of investors, and that's how I kind of got into the real estate investing field uh, of what I've really done, um, fixing home, you know, fixing, flipping homes, a lot of that, you know, basic stuff that people are maybe familiar with on the real estate investing side. But my mentor, I had a couple of mentors that taught me about a niche of investing called note investing, buying distressed debt, buying notes. It's kind of like the big short, if, you've, if you're familiar with movies out right. there. So, right. And when everything hit the fan in 2008 with the Great Recession in the United States, I jumped ship from the mortgage origination side to basically buying notes. And always been a kind of a marketer, you know, um, this is back, if you think about back in 2008, the world was ending, as they were saying, and social media wasn't like what it was today, but I really embraced uh, kind of marketing side of things. I had some mentors that were really great, that taught me marketing. So I was sharing videos. I guess you could say he was doing podcasts before they were podcasts. I was doing like a Facebook live video or a, a recording on my, uh, my little Dell flip camera about a deal and sharing on YouTube or sharing on Facebook to attract investors and uh, other uh, deal flow. And, you know, that just kind of led to me building kind of a grassroots effort of uh, people following me. And uh, fast forward a few years, you know, we've been doing these webinars and I have a coaching program teaching about a lot of debt with what I do, but uh, started a podcast back in 2016. I really was hesitant to do so because I thought it would be a lot of work, but I kind of outsourced my production to a, a friend of mine. He's like, hey, Scott, you're producing all these videos and all this content, it'd be a shame not to make it a podcast. And right. It took him about six months of convincing me. And I said, okay, finally, I decided to go ahead and do that. And uh, we've been off and rocking and it's literally become our, our number one lead gym in a lot of cases. That's why we've got, you started with one podcast, it's, it's grown into three and, um, uh, you know, one podcast is 762 episodes. That's a note closure show. And the others are two spinoff shows. Uh, of our, our niche, but we really have focused on our very narrow niche of being the note investor and, and really dominating that space. That's why we got the number one 
podcast in this niche. We've also got the number one YouTube channel for note investors out there. So it's that's why I like to say the riches are in the niches. Hundred <laughs> percent, I, I agree. It's so important to get crystal clear on who those niches um, to really grow and and scale, right? So, with that being said, tell us a little bit more about how these podcasts tie into the business or how you make it work to t- as it is one of your number one lead generators. Let's dive into that. Yeah, great question. So uh, before I before I start a podcast. Before I record my first episode, I was like, okay, let me see if we can build an audience. So what I did is I, I, I you know, I get people that ask me questions all the time. What are we doing? And with, when you're buying notes, there's a lot of due diligence. There's a lot of moving parts to us. And so this is, you think back to 2006 is when really Facebook Live really came out and Gary Vaynerchuk was doing the Ask Gary V show. Remember those back in the day, the hour long? 100%. Yeah. <laughs> and I saw him speak at an event and I saw, uh, uh, two shark guys from Shark Tank get on and talk about video is the is leading the way. You got to share on a regular basis. It's okay. Let's do a let's do a live video every day. Let's do it Monday through Friday. Let's let's do this for a period of time. Let's get five months, not thirty days. Let's do five months. So that's what we did. We did literally one hundred and fifty episodes Monday through Friday, anywhere from like eight minutes to an hour long, sharing what we were working on that day. And we would share that on you know Facebook and my two different Facebook channels. We'd upload it to YouTube too. And it really started to generate a lot of buzz, a lot of activity, a lot of viewers on there. I said, okay, let's turn this into a podcast and take the next step and, and share the audio out there. So we were just consistent in doing it. And you know, a lot of people like, oh, I'll do one a week or I'll do one episode once a month. I was like, we've got something that we can teach people every day. And that's kind of the approach I've always taken is, is the show is usually about 50% of me sharing nuggets and making it a teaching platform, which is just kind of a sounding stage for my uh, my programs. I have classes and coaching that I teach, and then I also use it to educate investors who want to buy notes either with us or through us or invest with us, stuff like that. So we just share, started sharing our knowledge, sharing our day in, day out, and, and taking our education and really dicing it up into bite sized chunks, you know, one nugget a day, you know, one vendor a day, one knowledge. And then you know, like I said, half the time it's me teaching on a, a nugget or subject or something like that. And the other half is I'm either bringing on a vendor who's in our space, another investor, a student, or somebody that can add value uh, to my listeners, whether it's somebody in the mind space, marketing. I, like I had a guy on last night talked about automation with, with CRM and stuff like that. And so that's really how we how the, the podcast has turned into this legion because we record it like we do like we're doing here on Zoom, but then we really like share it everywhere. You know, it's just not an audio thing, although audio, I mean, we're seeing 15 to 20,000 downloads a month on it. Um, We're not doing it quite every day now. I mean, we did it basically every day for three plus years, and we're at least trying to knock out three to three to four episodes a week now. But that's, I think it's been the biggest thing that we found successful is just that we, consistency, we're constantly doing brain dumps on topics. We're taking questions from our students and turning those into podcast episodes. We're also leveraging what's going on in the media and news. But when it affects our niche, we, we discuss it and, and really go from there. But the podcast, like I said, it's number one. When I, I cut down in episodes, I see a drop off in other things. So we're like, we've got to keep this going. Consistent. Because, consistency, because if you look at statistics, you know, Facebook live video lasts for 24 to 40 hours and maybe, maybe 5% of your followers will see that, right? A YouTube video is great. It lasts longer, but it's only about 11% of 
of people will see it through to the end or less in a lot of cases. It's 30 seconds or less in a lot of cases. Luckily for us, we average about a, a nine-minute viewership per uh, visitor to our website on, on, on YouTube. But podcasting, this was a number that just blew my mind, is that people listen to 86% on average of your content. So you're literally in their ears for a lot longer than the other things. And so that's why we like, okay, we've got to make sure we have our podcast. We've got to get the content out. We've got to be consistent about it and really just share our expertise, share our knowledge and realize that it's a long-term play. It's not anything that's going to happen overnight. I mean, we've got some episodes that have done really, really well, thousands of downloads. I mean, you know, 30, 40,000 downloads and some episodes and some just do a few, but on average, if you if you take our numbers and divide, you know, our total downloads divided by the number of episodes, it's about you know, somewhere around a twelve hundred to fifteen hundred listeners per episode on average, which hey, that's that's pretty good. I'll take that. Incredible. I, mean? I love this, Scott. Well, congratulations, because that is just amazing. And you know, it's incredible how a podcast can really, you know, build that authority and credibility. And like you said, being consistent is huge. And then you're getting people like your lead gen coming to you being like, well, I've binge watched your episodes and I'd like to work with you. Yes, You know, it's globally though. And it's just incredible. Tell, tell us if you have, I mean, I'm sure you experienced that a lot. Yeah. That, that's one of the great things we get is people come to me and say, Hey, I've been listening or I've been watching you for three months or six months. And I, I like how you teach. I can tell you're not blowing smoke up my, my tail or you, uh, they like the fact that I'm not one of these fakers they, they can tell if i'm irritated they you know they can tell if i'm being truthful you know I, I just tell it like it is and people really appreciate that and they love the fact that when they listen to my podcast or listen to one of them they're like man you give so much content for free imagine what you give what we're going to get by working with you and so our podcast really helps us justify what we you know what we charge for our one-day class for our three-day classes and then for our one-on-one coaching and so that's, that's as a big, and also, of course, it, we raise a lot of capital as investors with people that like, hey, I listen to you, I like you, I don't want to do the work, I'd rather stroke you a check and invest with you. And so it just comes from being that consistent basis. I mean, we, we've had some breaks, we've had a little pod fade from time to time, and we're like, okay, we got to take a little time off. But it's the consistency part and hearing from people, like you said, not just here in the United States, but we've got Canada's a big audience for us with investors. We have people in South America, over in Europe, London. Um, you know, I think we've got people that listen in 119 countries or 120 countries across the globe on a consistent basis. So that's that's the most surprising thing is when I, when we are doing like our online Zoom classes, I see people joining us in from Europe or Australia, and that's always an interesting thing. I love this. So Scott, you know, let's talk a little bit about you know finding the riches and niches. I know we touched on that topic, but you give a lot of value to add behind that. So I'm going to let you go ahead and dive into that topic as I know it'll relate a lot to how we feel within our organization and a lot of the other people listening as well. Why is it so important to have a niche and really so, stick to it? <laughs> so I'm so glad you brought that. that when, when, when I was looking at stuff, when I was out edu you know, learning real estate investing, you know, this kind of goes into anything. When you see somebody who's a jack of all trades, they're really a master of none. And that's no offense to anybody out there. It's just the truth. You can't, if you're trying to do too many things at one time, A, you're not putting enough energy to be successful in any one individual thing. You're really watering down your, your, your energy, your message, and your success. Um, you know, think, you know, you've heard the Pareto principle that 80% of your profits or success comes from 20% of your activities. Well, 
that always thought came to me that I was like, well, that's 80% of my activities I'm wasting. If I were able to get rid of that wasted activity and put that towards that other 20%, I would four or five times my productivity. And so that's kind of the process we took behind it. It's like, okay. And we see this that's happening. You have a lot of people that want to be generic entrepreneurs or business podcasts or real estate generic podcasts in our field. And, that, and there's nothing wrong with that, but they don't have the consistency and they have a harder time with success because people, when people want to listen to you for a half hour or an hour or longer, they're usually searching for something specific, not real estate investing. Maybe it's RV parks or mobile homes, or in my case, note investing. They're looking for that keyword search. And if you're generic, you're going to get passed by for the either the more specific episodes or the more specific, specific shows. So that's why we've always been very specific and stayed in our lane to be just focused on note investing, and specifically on our side of really just buying direct from banks, not owner financing, and there's other niches. So another thing that popped up that helped us too is I was, I don't know if I, remember, I think I was at PodFest and some guy was talking up on the stage like, say, hey, you're a podcaster. You're really competing for one square inch at a time. I'm like, what do you mean by one square inch? Well, when people are on their iPhones or the Androids, they're searching in the directories. And when they type in whatever your keyword search, it pops up your show, but it also pops up your competitors, right? So what if you could dominate that whole two square inches, that two by two, where you've got four of your shows that pop up or your name pops up for the only thing? So that's why we've kind of spun off a couple other shows besides our main, the Note Closure show. You know, uh, you and I were talking beforehand. I, I do a, a live webinar every Monday night, um, at least 35 times a year to my audience. I've been doing this for 12 years. It started off as just an audio web, you know, audio cast versus now it's, we've been doing Zoom. Well, we decided to spin that off as a podcast as well for people to listen to. That, you know, that could make it a Monday night. They could watch that. So people really enjoy that. And then we do a mid-year conference called Note Camp. That's we bring 30 to 35, sometimes 40 experts in our field together for four days of content. Talk about massive batch recording in four days. So that's we turned that into another podcast that was just specific for itself. And so we, you know, list, you know, we record 30, 35, 40 episodes in four days. And that becomes content that we release one episode a week after that for the next eight months. And that's done well in itself as well, too. So but we know that when people go to note investing, they think of me. That's why they call me the note guy. Because when they search for note investing, what pops up to their screen, at least two, three, or sometimes four of my shows. So I dominate that space. And my competitors really are competing for second or third space in a lot of cases in the search engine. Amazing. Scott, this is all great. And I love, like, it's so important to get clear on that niche because, you know, I hear so many times, well, you know, a lot of businesses are, they're just too broad and they're like, okay, we're, we have a lot of leads coming in, but they're just not the right fit. And it makes right. sense. It's because you're too, um, Generic. too broad, right. Yep. Yep. And you're attracting just anyone and you want to get really clear on who it is, is your avatar and, um, clear on what you're doing and who you're going to work with. And then the money and the wealth follows. Right. Yep. So, um, now going back, we were talking about this just maybe a few minutes ago, but you had mentioned pod fade. Now it's so crazy because most uh, people, the podcast, usually they die out. They don't get past the ninth episode as statistics, uh, statistics show. So tell me a little bit of why you feel that is and uh, any thoughts behind that. So that's a gr great question. I have my own opinions, which may not be very popular, but I think what it is is that people get into podcasting because they think it's going to be, they think it's a short-term 
gratification. We have such low patience in America and across the world these days. Everything's got to be instant gratification. Like, I want to think about a hamburger. I want to have DoorDash deliver it to my door in 30 minutes. You know what I mean? I want to, you know, I'm out running out of toilet paper. I want a drone to drop it off so I can wipe my ass. You know what I mean? There's all this instant gratification. Right. The, the idea that you have to show up and be consistent is a longer term play in podcasting is one of the most important things you have. Of course, there was a lot of podcast coaches that came out. Oh, we'll make you a best-selling author. We'll get you, you know, we'll launch your book in nine, we'll do nine episodes. That's all you have to do. Well, that that, that may work for the, well, that nine episodes are live, but anything beyond that, anytime it goes beyond those, those episodes going live, it's really, it's just a complete lack of uh, re- return on investment. And that's what's, what's what I say, you've got to be consistent and try to avoid pod fade is realize that it's going to take a while. Realize that this is an investment in time and in energy to build credibility and to build rapport with your audience through their ears one episode at a time. I don't care if it's five minutes episodes or it's an hour long uh, podcast episode. it's, It's literally building that relationship. It's like dating your audience a little bit of time. You wouldn't necessarily, I mean, well, you've got Tinder now. So I was gonna say you wouldn't jump in bed with (laughs) sometimes people would, you know what I mean? A lot of people would, but for the long run, it's not going to work out so well. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We we don't, we don't need any one night podcast stands. We'll just put it at that. Okay. One episode, but that's, that's unfortunately thing. And people don't realize it is an investment. And that's why I think a lot of people will, I found this from attending different conferences and speaking different places. Podcasters fall into two things. You actually have two, two camps. You have people that have a podcast and then people that want to have a podcast, but don't necessarily want to do the work. They're scared of it. They think it's going to be a lot harder than it is. And they finally, when they do get the podcast, like, Oh, I should have started as a whole lot sooner. It was a whole lot easier. But in that podcasting group, you have two, two camps as well. You've got those that understand it's an investment. They've got to put some time. They put a little money into it and be consistent. And then you have the other side of the quarter, which those that want to do everything cheap, free, what's the least amount I have to do to do, find success? Well, if you come with that mindset, you're never going to find success because you're you're not going to understand the investment that it takes to be successful. I mean, Joe Rogan, number one podcast out there, he's actually a really horrible podcast host. I can't listen to him. You know what I mean? And I can't believe it. Yeah. he's constantly talking away from the microphone. The first 20 minutes is all ad red content. Don't be wrong. He's got some great episodes and great speakers on there and he's done a great job, but he was a comedian at first. He was out doing live open mic stages before he got into his, I saw him New Year's Eve one year here in, in Austin. He was high as a freaking kite. <laughs> okay. He was so high on New Year's Eve. He was wearing his pink paisley shirt. It was so bright. Yeah. It was just weird, but he, put in the consistent basis of realizing, hey, this is something I got to invest in and, and, and keep going to. That's why you see that really there's only, you know, there's millions of podcasts, but it's really still a very small market because there's only what really 150 to 400,000 podcasts that produce content on a regular basis in the last 90 days that are are really going out there. So it's, it's you know, you can start it but it's like anything else out there where you know only five to 10% of people that start something actually stick with it and get, get to fruition with it, which is, it doesn't matter what it is. Real estate, podcasting, yoga, weight loss. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. Doesn't it's, matter. you know, in the long run, it's delayed gratification and a lot of people aren't willing to wait that long. Right. So, exactly. um, and that's why nothing ever works out for them. Like, I mean, nothing goes through, nothing comes to fruition, like you said, because, um, they're not willing to, they want that instant gratification. They want that right now, that ROI right now. So 
I'm totally on the same page with you there, Scott. So let's dive into what you're doing right now within the business. I know you touched on it and exactly what you're doing, but if you want to just go a little bit deeper, so my audience really understands what you're what you do exactly and how you can help them out if anyone is interested, which I'm sure there will be. So I just want to give you the stage right now to go ahead and do that. Yeah, no problem. So so people understand real estate investing, they're buying property. Most people think of uh, like property brothers are buying a house, turning a rental, or they're going to fix up an ugly property, rehab it and sell it for a profit or keep it as a rental. And that's, that's one facet in uh, real estate investing. I'm a little bit different. I'm more of a bank. And what I do, and I've been doing this since 2007, is I'll actually, I won't buy the property. I actually buy mortgages. I buy the debt from banks where people haven't paid their mortgage in six months to six years in some cases. So I'm buying that debt at a huge discount. And then banks will sell that stuff to me at a big discount. And then we'll go in and try to work it out with the homeowners if we can, you know, trying to get them to modify the loans, get them back on track for cash flow. If they won't play ball and start paying on time, then we'll go the route to either give them cash for keys to walk and we'll take the property back, or then we'll go through the legal process of foreclosing to take the property back. But we, you know, we've got about a 70% success rate of keeping people in their houses and modifying the loans for cash flow. So that's what I've been doing. You know, it's, it's a very specific niche. I'm only one of like, you know, four, maybe five people in the country that teach the specific niche of real estate investing out there. Um, I'm, that makes me the youngest one, I guess you could say, because they're all kind of older seasoned individuals. Yep. That, Seniors. And <laughs> yeah. And so they, they're, they're kind of behind their little, I won't say I'm, I'm, they're, my, they're my biggest fans, but they understand that we, they see, and I see how the marketing side of embracing the marketing side of the podcast and webinars and video has allowed me to go from somebody who was behind them to ahead of them um, with, with now, like I said, the number one podcast and one YouTube channel and, and really the number one investor recommended uh, training program for what I do. And just that we just give content, we give content, we give content. This is incredible. I love all of it. So Scott, you know, Another topic that we can talk about right now, because I'm sure you have a lot of value to add behind this, is the outsourcing and delegating when it comes to the business. What are your thoughts behind that? When is the right time to do that? How does it um, serve your company when you do that? Leave that with you. No, that's great. Uh, One of the things that I was taught early on from one of my mentors, if you want to make six figures, which is usually what first, like that first income level that a lot of people want to make is going from you know, making 30, 40, 50 grand and making six figures on a carrier year is if you want to do that, you got to hire an assistant of some sort to do all the dirty work, all the things that are below your pay grade in a lot of cases. Okay. Now you may not have money, but you can hire a VA. There's a lot of virtual assistants out there that work for four to eight bucks an hour. They do a good job. They do a great job. They're professional. Especially from Philippines. Amazing job. Exactly. And it takes that off your plate and you can focus more on the business. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And you don't, you know, we use Fiverr.com as well for a lot of uh, ad hoc jobs, individual stuff. Um, With the use of AI now, you can delegate some of these things out there with your VA. But one of the things that uh, when we started off, we didn't have a lot of extra funds in a lot of cases for a lot of people. So we've always taken the approach, okay, what can we, what kind of uh, tools can we use to help us speed up some things? So there's like two important tools that I'd highly recommend everybody use. Uh, if you're using video, which you all should be using video in your podcast, um, we like to use Restream.io. And what Restream does is like I re- uh, recorded a video last night with my uh, audience. I've already got it uploaded. 
and it's, go it's now going live right now as we speak on this. It's going live to my YouTube channel, my LinkedIn Live, my three Facebook pages, uh, Twitter, Amazon Live as well, and Twitch. And so literally is going live. It looks like I'm live on there from people. People can comment. I can respond back to those comments later on. But I upload it, and for the 99 bucks a month I pay for it, 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 it makes it so much easier to restream it and make it look live, and it's well for, worth it. Another tool that's really great um, that can take when you upload a video to Facebook or do a Facebook Live video, it'll capture that and then reshare it in a lot of other places is repurpose.io. And uh, Hani Mora, he's actually out of Calgary, is a great, uh, great guy. Yeah. Uh, you know Hani? Do you know him by any chance? I don't know him personally, but I have heard great things. Great. I'll, I'll connect the two of you. You'll love, you'll love it. You'll be a great guest here. But he's Can't literally wait. created this amazing software that makes it really easy for you to upload one video and then it shares it everywhere else. Or he's even got all at once. All at once, and then mm -hmm. you know, dropping it down into Dropbox or Google Drive and doing shorts and creating templates for your Instagram. Just and it's it's so so affordable too as well. So those are two systems that are great that I would highly recommend. To get the word out of course you can use um, like otter ai to uh transcribe your episodes as well that's a big thing and help boost them just learning to these simple applications is one of the easiest things to start off with and then hiring a va to do a lot of that groundwork i mean i use a va to help me get booked on at least two to four podcasts a week i also they do some due diligence on my guests they do due diligence on other things they create artwork for me um, I don't edit my own podcast. I've never done that. Neither uh, do we. Yeah. I, I just, it's not worth my time to do it. I, you know, when I heard people that were spending an hour recording and then four hours editing, I was like, Oh, that's, that's just, it's painful. It's bizarre. And I you know I hear it all the time as well, you know, and I feel like that's not why a lot of people don't go through with the podcast longer than nine episodes. Cause the amount of time, you know, the, the amount of time they're putting in without getting that ROI, but they're focused on all the wrong things sometimes. Right. Yeah. So, uh, totally with you there. Well, and, and you can cut out, I mean, the more experience you get, the less editing you end up doing, you know, right. you know, that's the thing. And you're going to have some uhs and ahs and, and some laughs and giggles and mistakes. But I don't, that's real. It is real. And people love that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, right. We, we do have a, t a company out of uh, Irvine, California, Potatize that we use. They uh, do a really great job. They'll, all I got to do is go to the, the portal, upload it, and then they'll broadcast it and, if I want to uh, have them transcribe the full blog and turn into the episode and turn into a full blog, they'll do that. They'll upload that to my website. And so they do they'll do a lot of great things and they've been a great, great partner uh, since we got started. So, you know, if you don't have the budget, find ways to off upset things, maybe do some swaps. You know, we've got some students of ours that they're one person likes the editing, the other person likes the writing. So they're having their VAs do their specific strengths and outsourcing their weaknesses. And that way they're getting stuff done and, and, and moving along. But that's the important thing is if you start something, give it time, realize it is these days, a podcast is often like a best-selling book. Remember all the years ago, everybody's like, oh, I'm gonna be a best-selling author, best-selling author, best-selling author. That's great. That's one time. A podcast is like you're a best-selling author and somebody's here every week or every, you know, twice a week, however long your episodes are going out. And realize that weekly touch base, it builds so much rapport and trust that uh, the more you do, the more value you add to your shows, the little bit more production, the more you outsource, the more you can focus on the things that make you money. And that's what we're all really looking to do, right? 
There we go. Yep. And we need to stop focusing on like the shiny object syndrome because that's not getting us anywhere, you know, and a lot of people focus on every little thing that might help them get ahead. And then they're only able to really put in like 10% here, 10% there, and not a hundred percent into one or two things that will actually move the needle. So I'm with you here. Now, Scott, related to this topic, do you want to talk to us about how you would avoid as a CEO? and founder how how do you avoid burnout is it by delegating is there any other ways yeah great question um yeah i think we we as entrepreneurs we like to burn a candle at both ends a lot of time you know we're Mm -hmm. working hard and we're trying to come up with marketing and what often makes people their leaders great is that that constant mindset of keep moving forward and we often will experience burnout when we have to go back and do things that aren't our strengths and aren't our superpowers so the more you can delegate what you're not great at, that will help you. But you've got the, the biggest problem that we have in America today here is the fact that it's the work ethic. It's work 80 hours a week and work until you have a heart attack and die. You have got to take time, not once a month or once a quarter, but daily to focus on you. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I've embraced, especially in the last year or two is really taking that time each day to focus on me, to, to center on me, work on my health. I mean, I've lost 50 plus pounds in the last year. I Congrats, thank, that's thank huge. You very much. It is, but when you're, you know, with COVID, you got the COVID-15, it's like the freshman 15, you But know? that's such a huge accomplishment in such a short amount of time, congrats. Thanks, but part of it just came from, first of all, part of it's diet, obviously. Second thing would have been my doctor's like, you gotta do something or you're gonna be dead. And I'm like, okay, thank you. All right, I gotta do that. But it, it started off just changing habits. And so like this morning, every morning I get up about 8.30, I get up and I usually go for about a five mile walk. You know, it's a, it, you know, two laps around my neighborhood, three laps around my neighborhood here. I'm listening to the, no music. It's listening to the music and the birds and the wind and just. Uh, Taking it in. Exactly. A little bit of stretching. It's my own personal meditation, I guess you could say. Just doing that to get the day rolling. So that really gets me focused. I don't look at my email until like 11 a.m. Uh, I did look at, I did answer your email this morning, first off. You did. I feel very special. <laughs> but it's the thing is like, I know I've got stuff on the calendar. So I'm like, I look at my calendar before at 7 p.m. I, you got to turn off work and enjoy stuff. If you've got family, you've got to be present in your family with your spouse, your loved ones, you know? And so that, that that's the biggest thing is I, I try to turn off work because I know like, it, look, if it's an emergency, somebody can text me, I, you know, um, if it's important, I can fix it. I can, oh, get to it. If it's, you know, if it's life or death, that's a different thing, but you got to smell the roses. You got to take time for yourself because it doesn't do any good to work, work, work. If you end up losing relationships and it's great to make money, but if you don't do anything fun with it, you can't take it with you. You know what I mean? And, and so, especially these days, I think it's families become so more, so important and making sure that, that, you know, that mental mindset, that mental health is so important. There's such a negative world out there with all the craziness taking place. That, that That's the biggest thing is that we can get so locked into the negative. I, we, we got rid of cable, stopped watching the news for the most part. That's been very helpful. But that's the thing is take care of yourself. Enjoy it. Have fun. Take a trip. You and I were talking about travel before we got started here. It's one thing we'd love yeah. to do to enjoy and recharge our batteries. And Yeah, best, it's like a reset. Yes, the best thing you do is plan something quarterly. Go ahead and put it on the calendar. It could be just a weekend getaway, but 
take that time at least once a quarter to get out and do something to look back at how you've done that quarter, recharge, and then move in. If you if you don't plan it, you'll fill it in with stuff. And that's that's what I tell my staff is like, hey, put something, put it on the calendar. Let's go ahead and book it, and I'll work around it. You know what I mean? But if you don't book 100%. it, I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna fill it in with work. <laughs> yeah, and it's so true. Like you know, we have to. I find that one of the best things is you know before you go to work as an entrepreneur in your business, or you know maybe there are some people that are still going to work. Um, for another boss. But before you do any of that, you should be working on yourself every morning, giving yourself that time, your family, that time, your, your mental health, you know, whether that's meditating, walking, or um, exercising of some sort, reading, whatever it is, everyone has their own, you know, choice of what they like, but it's so important to make sure you make time for that before anything else. And it's not only going to improve your, you know, your mental, mental, physical, emotional health, but also, it brings it to the workplace as well. Right. And then you're just, it sets the tone for the day. It really does. And it's so important. Well, your listeners, your audience can hear it. They can see that you're recharged. They can see when you're run down and tired. I've had people like Scott, you look like crap. You sound like crap. You're getting edgy. You know what I mean? You're getting short triggered in a lot of cases. And we don't realize that, but there's times you're like, okay, I, I, yeah, I need to, I need to just unplug. I need to go do something. I need to go sit outside and and with COVID, a lot of people weren't able to do that. They were kind of, you know, trapped. Isolated. Yeah. We turned our backyard into like a tropical forest. We don't have a very big backyard, but it's like, you know, 15 feet wide because we were, you know, right. town, basically, but we turned it into tropical plants and that was just great. Oh, I thing. love that. Yeah. Banana trees that were 10 feet tall. We had tomato plants. And this is plants. the best. What a great idea, honestly. Yeah. And I, I mean, you make it work, right? You made it yeah. work somehow one way or another. Exactly. And it's. That's amazing. So Scott, you know, another question I always like to ask, you know, before we jump off our shows is, you know, what would, how would you define success? What is your biggest definition of success as a CEO, as a founder? What would you say success is to you? It's a great question. Great question. And it is different for every person. Right. So that's the biggest thing. Success, you got to have goals. If you're at 10 goals, that's great. Success comes in two forms. You have little goals and big goals. You got to learn to celebrate the small goals just as much as the big goals, because without the small goals, you're never going to get to the big goals. But success, ultimately, people like look, like to put a money number on it or they put a download number. That's great, but that's all ego. Once you hit that number, you're going to be celebrating for 15 minutes, and then what's, what comes after that? Another number, right? So success, ultimately, like when, I, when we talk about like financial success and real estate investing, I, it's, it, it's a, uh, I could take a quote from the, uh, the gambler with John Goodman and, and Mark Wahlberg. When you have FU money, when you've got enough money in the bank and your house is paid for, then you ain't got to do anything. You know what I mean? So if you've got your monthly bills covered, your budget is fine, where you can take a week off to travel or do whatever you want, it doesn't matter whether that number is $3,500 a month or 35000 a month, whatever that number is for you, be able to allow you the, the freedom to do what you want when you want to do it. That's the definition of success. Doesn't need to be big Lamborghinis and big yachts and private planes. Hey, Southwest flies great everywhere. You know what I mean? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, honestly, if you can have gratitude with it and, you know, be thankful and living in abundance, you know, that's real. That's real happiness. Money doesn't money. I mean, it solves a lot of problems, but it's ultimately not, not the definition of success. It doesn't make you happy. It doesn't make you happy. And you've got, there's no, you know, 
I've got some life coach friends. They say, and then they always say, look, there is no perfect balance. No, but you can say this perfect wheel of balance where everything's in is, you know, where everything's perfect is a bunch of bullshit. That doesn't happen. We're always going to be out of balance, but you got to realize that. And you got to take that time. To, like I said, to unplug and, and do something creative offsetting what that mindset is. Like, you know, what, uh, one of my favorite things to do that keeps me creative is we like going to movies. So we'll go to a movie once or twice a week. And I'm always taking a marketing idea from a movie that I'm getting like guardians of the galaxy is out now. So I've got my VA working on a piece called guardians of the note galaxy for next Monday night's webinar that we're doing in a podcast episode, but we go there to un unwind. It's something we love to do. You know, same thing like plants, we get out there. Uh, my spouse is big into animal rescue. So she's, doing a lot with cat rescue. Like last two weekends ago, we like drove from, uh, we drove to Dallas or Waco to pick up a couple cats and drove them to South Austin to drop off these five cats to a rescue. Yeah. You know, that, that's great. That's fun. It's helping people, helping other things. You, you've got to have those things that you really kind of invest back in community. Yeah. How are you giving back? Right. Right. Absolutely. And your wife and I have something in common because I, when I was in Costa Rica for three years, I was volunteering at the rescue too. And then I fostered dogs and I rescued them. And it's, it brings peace to your heart knowing that you are even these just little by little, you are still making a difference. Exactly. You, well, know? you know what, what's funny is that Steph uh, saw us do these virtual events, you know, not like the, one of my podcasts, the no camp. Well, last April, she did an online event called the fur baby summit where she brought in like 20 experts together for three days, vets and animal welfare and animal training together and did her own online summit did really well. Now it's, she's got the fur babies podcast that's out. That's like a top oh. 100 uh, animal podcast. So check it out. The fur babies podcast. If you get a fur babies podcast. Cannot <laughs> wait. Oh, Scott, this has been absolutely a pleasure to have you on today. I mean, you added so much value. You were open and vulnerable about things for myself and my listeners. And that's exactly what I'm looking for on my show. But Scott, I just want to give you the next two minutes. You know, if you want to talk about anything that's coming up within your business and the best way to go ahead and reach you now is the best time to do that. I would just want to make sure we have time for that before nope. we jump off. No problem. Well, First of all, thank you for having me. If you're listening to this podcast, ladies and gentlemen, you got to do one thing. And this is one of the most important things that you can do. You can hit that subscribe button and make sure you click on over and leave a five-star review for Brittany. We as podcast hosts love to hear from our audience. And the best way to do that is either an email or a review. So do that right now for Brittany because she's kicking ass and taking names. And it's just one of the most important things. But if you would like to learn more about what we do or connect with me, really easy. You can just go to my main website, weclosenotes.com. Um, weclosenotes.com. And if you're interested in note investing, I've got a one day class. I'm glad to give you for free. If you go to noteweekend.com and use the discount code podcast, all caps, it'll give you my one day class, which is a $99 value for free for you as well. So glad to help. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that with my audience. Uh, Scott, that's, that's incredible. And what an amazing gift. So thank you so much. You guys go check out Scott, Scott Carson, the note guy uh, at his website, weclosenotes.com or check him out on any three of his different podcasts, you know, like I said earlier, he's the host of the note closer show, the note night in America note camp podcast. And you guys reach out. He's an amazing guy. And I'm so grateful for you coming on today. Thanks so much, Scott. Thank you. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, just like Scott said, please like and subscribe. And if you're a six-figure entrepreneur or higher and want to come on like Scott Carson did today to talk about, you know, the benefits of having a podcast, how it ties into your business, please go to top100interview.com. I'd love to have you on as well. Thanks, guys. Catch you on the next episode. Thanks, Scott.
Bye-bye. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.